0: With the power of both tornadoes and fire, few things are more destructive than a fire whirl.
1: We burned out our equipment, and we, took, we were set back six months in the experiment. Oh no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but before that happened, a new kind of whirl, called a blue whirl, was burning crude oil soot-free.
1: There are potential applications that everyone asks me about,
0: including new ways to clean up oil spills.
1: And that's speculation at this point.
0: In this episode of the American Scientist podcast, the puzzles and potential of blue worlds, a form of combustion no one had ever seen before. I'm Robert Frederick. Meet Elaine Oren.
1: I'm the Glenn L. Martin Institute Professor of Engineering at the University of Maryland. Department of Aerospace Engineering, with an affiliation in Fire Protection Engineering, Mechanical Engineering, Institute for Physical Sciences and Technology, and I could go on forever here.
0: (laughs) I spoke with her after reading a paper she published with her colleagues about a new state of combustion, the blue whirl.
1: There has been some work on fire whirls, and actually some very beautiful work on both small fire whirls and very large ones. I don't think anyone has quite let them get strong enough, especially the large ones, so that the Blue Whirl could form.
0: Which explains why Oren and her team saw it. Theirs was much more powerful. But creating the right conditions for the Blue Whirl to form may also have had something to do with what inspired her and her colleagues to start experimenting with Fire Whirls in the first place. Bourbon.
1: We were looking at this video And it showed a fire on a lake in Kentucky when there was a lightning strike on a Jim Bean factory (laughs) and all of the quite unprocessed alcohol spilled onto that lake and then was caught on fire and it started to burn on the lake. And it must have smelled wonderful, but I actually wasn't there. I could only imagine it. And then... We saw the fire whirl form on the lake, but it was really eating up everything so intensely, was drawing all the fuel on the surface of the lake to it. And we began to think that the boundary layer of the lake was having an interesting effect that we weren't seeing in forest fires.
0: It was more intense and getting more so. They found more videos of fire whirls. Fire whirls in forest and brush fires tend to produce black, sooty smoke. Those over water?
1: There was less pollution. The smoke turned from black to white. So we knew there was something very good about burning with firewalls and cutting down the soot to some extent and increasing efficiency. And we started to explore that.
0: Safely. Oren advises anyone who asks her about experimenting with firewalls not to do it unless they're in a proper lab with all of the fire suppression protocols in place.
1: And the way we start this thing off is, you put water, this is pretty simple, you put water in a pan, and then we pour, literally pour from a beaker (laughs) some N-heptane on the surface, back off and light it, and then lower the uh, side of the chamber, and step back. What happens first is you get a pool fire and then you get the fire whirl forming as air is pulled in from the sides of the chamber and then the fire whirl makes this transition to the blue whirl.
0: It happens quite quickly, just a few seconds really, and the blue whirl forms to burn the remaining N haptane, which is just a component of gasoline.
1: Then we wanted to stabilize it so we could do some measurements in the whirl itself, which we have done since the paper came out. And so we did this by once it's set up, it's turning on a little fuel pump under the surface of the water and kept it going at a certain rate and uh, adjusted that rate so that the blue whirl would just more or less stay in the same place so we could try to get some measurements. And we found we could stabilize it and keep it on the surface within a small area uh, until we ran out of fuel in the reservoir. And then it just did a very calm death.
0: So when it has a certain amount of fuel, it does okay in staying in that stable state. What happens when you give it much more fuel?
1: Uh, Well, that we're not sure of because when we did that once, we burned out our equipment and we we were set back six months of the experiment. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So really, this is not something to try out on your own. But that experiment did reveal that the Blue Whirl could form even when burning crude oil, which might have been the reason for some of the excitement because one day, perhaps, the Blue Whirl could be used to clean up oil
1: spills. They saw the, the blue whirl form. Then they threw a little more crude oil on. And that's when a large firewheel started. It had to run and get an extinguisher, and they, it burned down our equipment.
0: And raised all kinds of questions, Oren says.
1: To me, the most important questions are what's causing it? How does it scale? That is, change with fuel, size of the initial fire whirl. How does the intense, what is the relation of the intensity of the fire world to whether this happens or not? A lot of these questions can be answered probably theoretically. And, but I think a good computation, a good simulation would give us a, a good a starting place here.
0: Along with more measurements, including how hot it burns, what the exhaust from the combustion is. There's a lot more to study. Her team's first publication about the Blue Whirl, Oren says, is mostly a statement that there's something new here.
1: The interesting thing is the fact that this very violent Fire Whirl, and it is really violent and very dangerous, even at the small sizes we were using, could suddenly undergo a transition to something which is quiet and with no turbulence at all that we could see. We saw this blue whirl created, and it seemed relatively stable, but it would move around. And we figured it was moving around to gather in fuel. It was on the surface, because afterwards there was no fuel left on the surface. It maintains as a little blue whirl, a little blue whirl, and gets smaller and smaller. You can see that in the movie, actually. And then it just dies out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rather uh, an, a surprising process.
0: You can see that surprising process for yourself in the video on our website, americanscientist.org, along with an article I wrote about the Blue Whirl in the November-December 2016 issue. You've been listening to the American Scientist podcast. Thanks to Elaine Oren for being on the show. I'm Robert Frederick. Thank you for joining us.